You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 148 called Six EdTech Tools for Fast and Easy Differentiation. In this episode, we'll talk about six of our favorite sites that actually make it possible to differentiate your classroom materials. In a bonus intro segment, we'll also go over some of the new Canva Magic Studio tools that are leveling up the use of AI in this already excellent website. This is another episode you don't want to miss. Check it out. Yo, 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 we all back. And for the first time in a long time, I actually feel like myself. And the first time in a long time, I do not because I am the sick one now. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, man, that's probably my fault. That's right. Ah, but anyway, finally having my voice back. It's been three weeks and, you know, before that we we had another thing we had to take care of. But we are back for some podcasting today. I'm super excited about this episode. One, because I could speak and it doesn't feel like I'm, uh, I don't know, squashing a toad every time I say something. But uh, the other thing is, is this uh, content is something I'm very passionate about. So let's uh, get into some updates. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, the eventually we're going to get into differentiation. And it's funny, it's one of those topics where I was positive, we must have done an episode on this in the past, but I just checked all 147 prior episodes. And indeed, we have not, we've definitely gotten into this because most of what we talk about could be called differentiation or, or spun that way, but we've never focused on it solely. So that's what we're bringing to the table here. Um, but we're going to save that because there's some other stuff going on uh, literally as of today. So we're recording this October 4th, 2023. So just a couple hours ago, um, one of our favorite sites, Canva for Education, released some exciting new tools. They call it Magic Studio and we thought it would be fitting to run down the list of these tools. Maybe you haven't heard about it yet. If you're listening to this at a much later date, maybe months or years down the road, I bet they're still out there and you might want to give them a look because some of these are pretty amazing. Now, have you seen all these already? Like, are you familiar with most of these uh, magic AI tools? So I was was on that list to, to go and view I thought it was going to be like this big reveal, but it was actually a pre-recorded video. But that's all they had to do because it explains everything. Right. So I knew it was coming. I saw some of them early because I think they pushed them out a little bit earlier before the announcement. Yep. But I'm not going to lie. I just haven't been in tune with the AI portion since the uh, big reveal the last time of Magic. So I know this is a continuation of that. And I am looking forward to this yeah same i mean i haven't tried them i just watched their little reveal video but uh you know we're going to go through the names and briefly describe what each one does i'll take the first one it's called magic video in magic video it lets you it's it's going to pull up a bunch of images or other video clips and all you do is go down the line and check them and you, you know you can check it i assume as many of these things as you want and then after you've selected these photographs or other video clips 
there's a little field where you can tell Canva what you want it to make, what type of video you want it to make using those images. The example they shared was um, like a little happy birthday video for somebody. So it said, make a birthday video for Tony. And then it takes all those clips and all those pictures, automatically formats them into a Canva style, which means it looks awesome. A Canva style video done for you in seconds um, with the AI that's functioning in the background. Very, very cool thing. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about Magic Switch, which is uh, when you have a team working on a collaborative whiteboard space, uh, you can magically switch that into a Canva doc after you're done with the whiteboard. So that's huge. It allows you to save what's on your uh, whiteboard and actually maintain it in a doc. Yeah, very cool. So this to me was like if you were using one of those collaborative whiteboard spaces in Canva, kind of for its purpose, which is like, let's brainstorm, let's get our ideas out there, let's make a schedule. And then after you're done working as a team, you want to formalize all that stuff and actually get it in some sort of a, you know, something that you could maybe print out or, or turn into a PDF and then share around. Whereas before, somebody might have to sit there and take all that info and put it into a Canva doc or another Canva design. Now it's just gonna take all that information and do that for you automatically. And I don't, I don't know this, but I have a feeling Magic Switch can jump between lots of different formats. For example, if you had a, a Canva doc and you wanted it to make a uh, Canva presentation slide deck out of that, I'm pretty sure it's going to allow switching um, you know, switching back and forth between lots of different design types. Can't confirm it because of how new this is, but you can see the benefit of that as well. If you've got, you know, let's say you import some, you know, PowerPoint slides into a Canva presentation and you can now tell Canva to automatically turn that presentation into an infographic and now you've got your you know your design switch uh, in seconds so that one is one of the more powerful ones seemingly at least see I, I also like this as if you're a math teacher or physics teacher or chem teacher and you give kids problems to work on with our Chromebooks they can you know flip them over and it becomes a tablet so why not work on one of those and then they can hand in their work uh, using this magic switch and off to the races they go. I think it's just another way of digitizing work if they are more comfortable working on their Chromebooks. Maybe they have a stylus, I don't know. Maybe right. they just use their finger, but either way, you have the work that you need to show that they know how to do uh, whatever stoichiometry problem, for example, that they're working on. Yeah, could be very cool. Um, the next, I'm gonna do the next two of these because the first one is not, doesn't seem super groundbreaking to me, but I've, it's you know helpful to know. It's called, they call it Magic Write. Uh, this is essentially text generation, just like ChatGPT, but just happening in Canva now. So if you have a text box, you can say, you know, write some directions for how to open a new, I don't know, a new Google Doc and insert a GIF. It's going to write it out for you so that you don't have to. That's you know, um, so pretty self-explanatory. More interesting is one that I, I think is new called Magic Media. If you've ever played around with um, 
kind of the predecessor to ChatGPT called DAL-E. This is an AI image generation platform where you can go there and say, I would like to see a picture of, you know, Joe Biden riding a donkey into a volcano. And it's gonna give you sort of that like weird AI version of, of that thing as you describe. That's magic media. You can do that just now in Canva. You can tell it exactly what you want. Uh, the example they gave in their release video was uh, simply the words vibrant jungle city. And it gave you just that, a city that was clearly sort of meshed with a jungle. The really cool part to me was it, it does this in video as well. So these are not just images, but the vibrant jungle city that it created, there was like a breeze blowing through and the trees were flowing and there was people walking around uh, in and out of the buildings. So we're not just talking about images here. These are, these are now like kind of B-roll type stock video clips that you can make on demand using this, which, you know, lots of opportunities there if you're making your own video content to build that stuff into it. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. All that, right. That one so caught me too. That was pretty cool. You did too, so I'll do too. Uh, Magic Expand. This one's pretty simple. So if you have a picture that is, say, a four by six vertically, the six inches is, is vertical, and you want to take that and put it into a, I don't know, an eight by eight frame, you could expand the borders. It's going to automatically create the rest of the photo as it was already there. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Magic grab is another one. And this is where you can move elements around within a photo uh, with click and drag and ease. So I'm taking this one as you have two people in a photo and you wanted to move the one person further ahead than the other one. You could just click on them and it kind of separates them from the picture. I guess you could have done that before by doing like double copies, background remove, or, uh, and, you know, taking out the background and then adding a duplicate copy and doing the same thing there and adding both people back into the image. But this does it all for you just by clicking on it. So it's making you eliminate steps and it's going to make something awesome quicker. Yeah, it, it was so, the magic grab is, is so cool and you nailed it with your description. I, I gotta say, the only one I have tried is Magic Expand, and it was a picture of me, and my, my, it was me and my daughter is in one of these like little kid hiking backpacks behind me. We were uh, in the woods, and um, I wanted to expand that to fill up the you know the frame of the page. It did a really good job with the woods, like it it drew in what it thought the rest of those woods might look like, and it didn't matter, right? Because it's just trees and stuff. So it, who really cares? That's not what was actually there at the time, but it looked good. Um, my daughter's elbow was half out of the frame of the original picture, so it was trying to guess how to like finish off the elbow that was sticking out, and it did not do a good job at guessing. Like it turned, it turned this little piece of her elbow that was out of the original photo into like some weird I was hoping you'd say cauliflower <laughs> I wish it was that it was worse it was like some weird <laughs> second human it like made a whole nother person next to me and this person's elbow was connected to my daughter's original elbow except it was like I don't, I don't know it was terrifying it looked like some kind of freaky monster so you just if you're gonna use expand just understand that it's not perfect and it, it's it's best for things that are like 
you know, if you're standing behind a brick wall, it can do a great job at expanding that brick wall or those woods, but anything that's unique, like even something as simple as a little elbow, it's not gonna, you know, it's not uh, the, mo the most perfect system, but that's just how that's gonna work. And there is just one more of these, which I think this is also one that might make the top of the list for me. It's called Magic Morph. So this would be, um, they say you can do it with any element, although their example was text. So they had the word pop. <clears throat> and um, so you, you click the element you want to morph, and then you tell it how you want it to morph it. So how do you want this text to look different? And their example was, make it a beautiful glossy green foil balloon with a sharp reflection. And then it uses the AI to turn that text into a font where it looks like the letters P-O-P are made of balloons, that kind of cellophane balloon that you might buy for someone's birthday party. Now your letters look just like that. I don't know how ex you know extensively well this is gonna work. Like what if you said, you know, make these letters, uh, I don't know, made out of like uh, snakes or something. Like is it gonna do literally anything you type in there? I have no clue, but super cool because I know when I'm doing stuff in Canva, I spend a decent amount of time trying to decide like, okay, I know in my head I want this text to be big, bold, maybe glowing, maybe like a neon sign. Um, and now you can just kind of tell it that and let it do all the hard work rather than me sort of sifting through the different examples of fonts that are there. Um, and, and that wraps up the official list. I don't believe I've left anything out. If you're not a Canva person, these, these are just like, you know, seven more really great reasons to get into this platform and use it to start creating some of your digital resources as a teacher and then for your students too who are, who are working within this platform. All right, so awesome job to the Canva design team again, uh, the tech team over there. They've brought more to us than, I don't know, what I, where do they get all this stuff from? I mean, I know AI is out there. It has all this different usages, but they're bringing it in and they're containing it. So it's not overly hard to use and it's not ridiculous in how many steps you got to go through in order to get something out of it. So great job, Canva. We love you. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. All right. Second segment here is all about differentiation. So how can we use EdTech sites, EdTech tools to differentiate for our students? Uh, I'll grab the first one here uh, because, you know, we've been using it a lot lately, and this is Diffit. Uh, we did bring up Diffit on a previous episode, but we're going to come back to it because um, we originally used a different ed, ed tech tool for differentiation of reading materials, like so we could get different level readings. Um, to our students. So if I taught seventh grade and I needed something at a fourth grade level to meet one student's needs and I needed something at a ninth grade level along with the just the seventh grade level, we could do that. And uh, now we use Diffit for this purpose. It's, it gives us leveled resources for all. Simply add a topic and it will generate a passage, some multiple choice questions, vocabulary, summary, 
short answer questions and uh, free response questions uh, for you based on whatever you typed in. You could also add a URL to a website, you could do a PDF, or you could just copy it and paste text into a box. And it will allow you to select the grade level, and then it will automatically generate those resources. Couple other really cool things about it is once it generates the resources, if you need to translate that into a different language, there are many language uh, opportunities there. There's many different languages available. Uh, you can also change the grade level after you created the resources. Uh, so once you're in there, you're kind of just playing around with the resources to meet your students' needs. Uh, this is super cool too, is uh, if you ask it to make resources on photosynthesis, once the resources are made and once they make a passage for you, you could check the sources of where it got its information and that's pretty cool too because you'll be able to check and see whether or not it is a credible source for your students. Uh, you can edit any of the questions, you could edit any of the resources. I, I like the vocabulary because it's pretty easy to put those into uh, you know, flashcard form if you wanted to app smash that with something else. But once you're done with all that, you can go and export it to a Google Doc or export it into a Google Forms and it automatically formats it for you. So cool, so easy to use. So the first tool is Diffit. Yeah, I mean, Diffit is, it's one of the uh, rare times where uh, something is, it solves a really huge problem, which is creating different versions of the same reading material for, for different students. Nobody's got the time to do that on their own, right? Like no, teachers barely have time most of the time to, to like grade the work they're assigning in an effective way, let alone if there's an essay that we're gonna read as a class let alone make three different versions of it for the different types of students that are in that class. It's just not possible. Um, Diffit literally solves that problem. It's free, at least as of now, probably won't be for too much longer, but it is, I, I foresee at least part of it always being free. It's free to use and it's so easy, it, it takes almost no training. I mean, you can teach a group of people how to use Diffit in like five minutes because you literally just go there you, you link to the article that you want it to change the reading level for, and it just, it just goes, it just does it. It's, it's awesome. I wanna give just three use cases on this. Um, one of them is uh, subplans. I'm not, I can't remember if you mentioned this, but you don't have to bring in your own article, your own writing. You can, you can also have Diffit use their uh, background AI to do the writing for you. So you can just give it a topic, like you could say, uh, the role of women in the American Revolution. And it will write uh, a piece of text for you. So imagine subplans, you're, you're sick, it's 2.30 in the morning, you wake up, you know you can't make it in the next day. You go to Diffit, you type uh, women in the American Revolution, it composes something for you. It's gonna give you all those same resources that Geist talked about. So. Uh, vocab words, multiple choice questions, as many as you want. Short answer questions, as many as you want. Open-ended questions, as many as you want. And then when you're done, you can export it to a Google Form or a Google Doc that you can very simply post in whatever LMS your school uses within you know a 10 minute time span. I have a very robust reading assignment for my students 
that next day while I'm out. So I think that's one way you can get literally every teacher to buy into this. Two other, I don't wanna say more important, but kind of the reason it exists would be your, your students where English is not their main, their native language. You can also change languages within Diffus. So if you have an article that everybody's reading, you can link that article and switch it over to Portuguese or Russian or whatever. They have tons of languages in there. And then of course that, that other, uh, you know, that background purpose of your students who cannot maybe read as well and their IEP says that they have to have alternate resources at a different reading level, that is Diffit's bread and butter. That's why they exist and you can now do that stuff as well. Again, all for free in seconds with almost no training whatsoever. If you're not picking up on it yet, I am a huge, a huge fan of, of this tool and excited to talk about that again today on the podcast. Um, as, I, as I am the next one. So that was just that was just our first of six. The second thing we've got here is a website called rewordify.com. Rewordify is a it's a website. There's no no signups or anything, which is which is great. It makes it very kid friendly, uh, student friendly, and that's one of the things they talk about on their main page. But if you head to rewordify.com, you'll see exactly what it does. There's a, a field where you can input some text. You can also put in a web page there, so drop a link, and you click the big yellow button that says Rewordify Text. And it's going to take that sample of writing and break it down in much simpler terms for students that might need that support. Again, this is differentiation that takes essentially no effort on your part. Really, you would just have to show this to your students who, who might need that support. Uh, help them, you know, help them bookmark rewordify.com so it's there for them. You know, some of the stuff they do, like I said, is simplifying these difficult uh, English, English language samples of writing so they can comprehend better. Uh, there's dictionaries built in so it helps them to learn these new words. So it's teaching words, saves the teacher time, and of course you're gonna get better learning outcomes. They give a good example here too that I'm gonna actually read on the podcast. So here's a, a sample of writing, I'm not sure what this is from, that would be or could be very frustrating to a student. It says, the ravenous throng scampered toward the delectable Viands. I don't even know if I'm saying V and V I A N D. Do you know this word? Vaughn. Vaughn. <laughs> I'm James Vaughn. Uh, I gotta start again. The ravenous throng scampered toward the delectable viand, which the chef had impeccably arrayed on the table. I barely know what that means. I recognized chef and a table, so maybe there's food involved ravenous throng, I, there's just a lot going on. For certain students, this might be extremely challenging. Here's what Rewordify turns that into. The extremely hungry crowd ran toward the delicious food, which the, set, which the chef had extremely well organized into rows on the table. And that is the new version. Now, if they go back and reread that original, imagine how they, the student has just learned to comprehend a difficult piece of writing. You ever see the Saturday Night Live Anger Translator? Yes. I feel like this is like the <laughs> version good. of the, uh, I don't know, the education version of that. Yeah, so I would take it and put it into the Geist Translator. Yo, there's food here, let's eat. You know, that, and that would be it. <laughs> yep. But, you know, Rewordify, I could definitely see how this is uh, going to be useful, especially in differentiation. All right, so we'll get into my next one, which is going to be HyperDocs. HyperDocs are pretty amazing. We went over these about two years ago when the 
Hyperduck Girls came out with their book and we first uh, read about them. But basically, think of a Google Doc that has a whole bunch of active links that get students to be doing many different things. Sometimes it's just one thing, but most of the time you're filling out the Hyperduck while clicking on these hyperlinks to get various amounts of knowledge on various things depending on what it's asking you to do. So when you go over to hyperdocs.co, you'll see a revamped website. You'll see a whole library of resources to get you started. There's a whole bunch of templates. There's a whole bunch of different subjects that you can choose from. So as I go over to it, uh, I'm going to go into in a subject that I don't normally teach. All right, so some of these subjects are math, science, reading and writing, history and geography, professional development, SAMR model, Caesar, seasonal, uh, other, There's, and they're also broken down by secondary elementary. So I'm going to go in to history and geography, and I'm going to check out what they have there. It is in a Google Drive. So I'm going to go into the Virtual Museum Project, which is a slide deck. And as I go through these different slides, uh, there are some essential questions, and then there's a hyperlink where it's going to take you somewhere else, and that person gets to tell um, what is the picture that it's pointing to all about. All right, so I'm guessing that this is something uh, that is very old because it looks very old and it, it seems to look like a hieroglyphic. Um, so there's some type of a story being told there. As they go through this slide, it's bringing different points up like understanding archaeology and it presents them with an activity which is a short video. And then uh, after they do that, they talk in little groups and then they answer in a certain spot that it takes it to. It's a hyperlink, to, it looks like to a Padlet. So this is pretty cool. I mean, each one of these slides is really its own different hyperduck. So that's hyperducks. Yeah, I, I well, you were talking, I, was, I clicked a different one. They have an entire link for professional development. And this is good to know that uh, you know that this resource is here even just for ideas so you know right off the top a couple that caught my eye and there's a bunch of things in here but you know they call it earn a black belt in Google drawings and it's just a whole bunch of like a series of challenges basically for you know first do this and then that means you're a white belt and then do this and that means you're a yellow belt and there's of course links as you go through and use that as a as a way to you know to run through your your PD. Another one is called choose the door, which would be like they've got a bunch of pictures of different doors, and you pick the red door, and then there's a certain task behind the red door, blue door, and and so forth. So the the point is that that there's just a lot of really great ideas. Whether or not you are actually using the hyperdoc aspect for differentiation, which I hope you do, because that's its point. Um, you know, separate from that, there's just a lot of really awesome ideas at these uh, at this site. Um, check out our show notes for this episode to get the direct link to their samples page. I'm going to move into our next example of six here, which we can talk about pretty quickly because this is not really a site in particular. This is again going back to one of our our old favorites from the early days of Got Tech, and I'm talking Room Escapes. 
these things have become a little bit more ubiquitous now. A lot of teachers are using them. There's a lot of different ways to make them. What you might not know is that you can go to AI tools, and we have tested this extensively with ChatGPT, and you can tell ChatGPT to design an escape the room activity for your 10th grade honors US history one students and it's gonna do it for you. So that's really what we're talking about here with our fourth example is letting AI, letting ChatGPT design your room escapes for you. Here's why you would do that. Oftentimes getting started with one of these activities is the biggest, it's like the heaviest lift out of the whole process. Lot to think about, lot to plan, you know, what puzzles are the kids gonna solve? What challenges am I gonna use? What content am I gonna teach? And how is that gonna fit into each of those challenges? It's a lot. ChatGPT is gonna put together a really nice set of challenges and puzzles that includes, you know, riddles or crosswords or like whatever, you can even tell it specifically, you know, if you want it to have six stages and, and what those six stages are gonna be, you can give it as much detail as you want. Um, it's going to give you a really nice starting point in, it, in that cloud that hangs over the development of an escape the room, which is coming up with all those ideas. That cloud lifts, at least partially, so that you can get in there, copy-paste all that stuff into you know, a Google Doc, and, and then make it your own, make it better. But you are no longer deciding or, or coming up with the riddles that kids are going to solve, because it's a lot of work. You can still do it, you can substitute in your, your own if you think of better ones, but, but the important part is that the AI has gotten you started with the process. Um, and as always, if you're, if you're doing that, don't forget that you don't have to accept its first try. If you don't like you know, challenge two that it put together, say, can you please redo challenge two so that you know, the students are you know, completing a three-stage QR code scavenger hunt where they have to answer questions about topic X and it'll, it'll redo it. So you can, even, you can even get a lot of the refining done in ChatGPT before you remove it from that website and start making it your own and building out this, like the printables and the stuff you're gonna do. So this is just something I would've never thought of. We had one of our colleagues come up with this earlier in the year, and I, th I think it's worth spreading the word on, word on to everybody because that is very good to know um, that you can get help with this AI tool. Yeah, it's another fantastic one. Let's, And you know how big I am on the room escapes, oh, yeah. for sure. So uh, I'm gonna definitely try to make one just using chat GPT and see how that goes and how it works out, and I'll report back to you. Nice. All right, the next one is quizzes lessons. It's more than a gamification site. Uh, in quizzes, you can build slide decks with questions embedded at various points. So almost think of the Ed Puzzle feel, I would say. If right. you have a little video clip, you can ask a question. It could be answered. Students can do this synchronously or asynchronously. And there's tons of different game modes. I know yesterday, uh, I went through the quizzes champion that uh, little course that is made and I did that and if you are a quizzes user I would recommend doing that you know I'm not gonna say that I ever think I know everything there is to know I'm, I'm not that type of person but I will tell you I learned like four or five things from that that uh, quizzes champion uh, course so uh, it's free 
you get a little badge from it. Uh, there's a little community on, on uh, I believe, Facebook. It might be a Twitter community. I, I can't keep the socials all you know, together, but definitely check out that and uh, become a Quizzes champion. And go check out Quizzes and see how you could differentiate it. In, within Quizzes, there are AI tools in there. So at the end, after your quiz is generated, whether you used AI to generate the quiz questions or if you made them yourself, you could use AI to uh, kind of switch the level up to make it a little bit more clear as they as the questions read, kind of like what your uh, first tool was. It's kind of built into quizzes already. So that's that's great to know, and uh, I'm very excited about that. And I think it's one of the main selling points with with switching to quizzes from maybe another tool like. Um, you know, Kahoot or whatever your favorite might be. All of these these gamification tools, they're excellent. And quizzes is just one of the top ones. But I, I do think some of the things that it builds in, like these lessons, uh, give it an extra edge. And that brings us to our, our sixth and final differentiation tool. Um, these are called Edu Protocols. Um, I am not super familiar with Edu Protocols, although I you know I do get what they are. I just it's never I don't know it almost kind of reminds me like of a of a hyperdoc and for that reason I think even if I do things that might fit in the category of an edge of protocol I would tend to just call them hyperdocs but man is this is this a, a, a an entire world a rabbit hole that I might need to actually start going down the if you've not heard of it, edge of protocols the they call themselves instructional lesson frames um, which, you know, it's just that. It's a framework on which you build a lesson. And the whole uh, idea here is all things centered around differentiation, like critical thinking, collaboration, communication, creativity, um, very important stuff. Um, they exist for any subject, any grade level. And the best way to get a sense of it, just like always, is to head to their website. The, you can just Google it or the link is in our show notes. Um, and just start clicking through some templates. So I pulled up one called the Umazing Universal Ultimate Edge Protocol Template. These are all available for free. They've got lots of them, and it's a you know it's a Google slide deck that is going to help you get started as you as you develop your own edge edge protocols. It's got you know the first few few slides kind of walk you through you know what it is at the top it says this is the universal edge protocol template it is designed to minimize teacher prep and maximize student creativity you can use this blank slide with any edge protocol and then it goes forward and kind of walks you through the rest of it from there so you know I, there's too much here for me to really get into but there's that along with many many more of these things um, it's just a, a really great way to sort of build in some differentiation that works for like, you know, all students. You're not just targeting, targeting, uh, you know, Ben over there who needs this one particular thing. It's all kind of just built in and wrapped up in what edu protocols are. Uh, so I'm a huge fan of these, and I wish I had more experience to speak on, and um, I wish I had more time to start playing around with them myself because it looks very, very powerful. And I believe, unless you've got anything else to add here, that is our official list of six. Uh, sites for fast and easy differentiation, right? Yeah, we're good.
So uh, if you like the content that we produce, make sure that you go over to gottech.com and check out our podcast. You can also find it on Apple Podcasts or pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. Go over to Twitter and reach out to us and connect. We always love to connect on Twitter. I'm at Guys Got Tech, Nick's at Nick Got Tech, the podcast is at We Got Tech, all that could be found in the show notes, and also check out our YouTube channel where we keep dropping uh, instructional videos, how-to videos, and just like introductory videos to different ed tech resources and tools that are out there. Till next time, go check out some of these ways to differentiate your classroom. Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geist and I individually at Geist Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.